Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor over at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And if you're listening today, that means it is the official start of Pittsburgh Steelers minicamp. Yes, now the practices are mandatory. All the players should be in, in town. It's my understanding that there are no contract disputes. So I, there is absolutely no reason why every single member of the Pittsburgh Steelers will not be there at practice and really throughout this entire process before uh, our little lull here uh, on our way towards training camp. But one of the things I wanted to focus on and really the focus of today's podcast is uh, my kind of uh, feelings towards the offensive line working in this brand new system and what I kind of want to see for them and some of the challenges that I faced in my uh, playing days as an offensive lineman trying to learn a brand new offensive system. Really, one of the biggest things that uh, will obviously have to uh, be figured out over the next couple months is really what this lineup is going to look like for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, you got five starting spots across your offensive line, and I'm 
100% certain we know who both guards will be. Of course, Kevin Dawson and David DeCastro. Outside of that, I, I, I think we could all be fairly certain on who the tackles will be unless the Steelers were to go out and sign someone. Except, I think as the weeks go on, that's becoming increasingly less and less likely. So I think it's pretty fair to say that Chooks Akorfor and Zach Banner will be your starting tackles. Uh, with perhaps uh, Joe Haig as the number one backup, at least to start the year off, as well as having that swing tackle duties. Uh, Dan Moore, uh, the fourth-round pick out of Texas A&M, could be an interesting name to watch, but again, fourth-round pick. He'll probably take some time to develop. The big spot here, however, is the center spot. I think most Steeler fans kind of want to see Kendra Green win that job and win it fairly early. In minicamp, I think we might be able to kind of uh, figure out what the depth chart kind of looks like when they're taking uh, one-on-one reps. Of course, the other two guys in the building now that, of course, Marquis Pouncey retired is uh, the returning J.C. Hassenhauer and the former Pittsburgh Steeler turned Seattle Seahawk and Cincinnati Bengal DJ Finney now in the fold. So it comes down to the rookie and two guys that never quite uh, put everything together in the NFL. So really, outside of figuring out who the starting lineup's going to be, I'm interested to see how this group comes together, builds chemistry with one another, and learns this brand new offense from Matt Canada. When I played collegiate football, uh, my offensive coordinator uh, and actually head coach, Jacques Chaptelaine, uh, was a, a a believer of heavy motion, uh, a, a lot of uh, resetting of the offense. So th- there's tons of different formations. Typically, two would be called in the huddle, and we would shift to another formation. Uh, and I got to tell you, when I was going into university, That was probably the biggest challenge as an incoming freshman to a brand new system, not only having to learn uh, the basic playbook, but uh, starting formations and shifting to uh, what they were going to be. That will be easier for the interior offensive linemen, but uh, the guys on the outside, that is definitely a bit of challenge when you have so much movement around you and the defense shifting around. So uh, there will be a little bit of added stress to the tackle position. Position. The guys on the inside should still have it fairly, fairly simple, um, and see the same kind of lineups that when they break the huddle uh, are just looking across from pretty much how it is, unless really they shift the strength of the offense. But really, instead of having uh, say a one tech on uh, on the weak side, it might flip to having a one tech on the strong side, just depending on uh, how they line up their personnel. The system that I ran with uh, Coach Chapdelaine was one that was ran a, a lot in the CFL. And really, before you might laugh at uh, that comment, Matt Canada's system really kind of draws a lot from the Canadian game, which features tons of motion. Really, if you've ever watched a Canadian football game uh, being played before, one of the things you'll notice is uh, every single receiver motions on every single play except for the two guys on the outside. So there is a ton of movement. Now, the ball can't necessarily be snapped depending on which way those players are moving, but it still draws the same, and just basically the only difference will be is these receivers will have to be set except for one person in the American game before the ball can be snapped. So really, 
looking at this offense that the Steelers are going to run, for the offensive line, it should be fairly simple aside from watching uh, some of the guys on the outside bounce around, whether or not you're lining, lined up against a defensive end or if someone in the slot will bounce down and be kind of a, an extra edge rusher or perhaps a linebacker even moving over the top to uh, replace someone that might have shifted away or say if a tight end bounced down in the box, there might be uh, added personnel in that grouping. One of the other things that I, I think uh, will be kind of really kind of the storyline of this offseason, once again going back to Kendrick Green, is seeing his ability to call out uh, the offensive line protections. Uh, typically, this kind of uh, this kind of system where a center is required to call out these plays is typical. That's what you see in football. It doesn't fall on the quarterback's shoulders to, to change protection. Occasionally they will, but 99% of the time it comes down to the center, the person in the middle, figuring out the strength of the defense, knowing what the play's going to be, and making sure that the double teams across the offensive line are where they're supposed to be, the two guys working together on every single spot what kind of technique they're going to take, and then which linebackers are picked up from their protection, more specifically in pass protection. That's a ton of information for anyone learning a brand new offense, especially from someone that uh, played at a smaller school in Illinois, bouncing up to the NFL, and will have a lot of uh, a lot of pressure really to be the guy almost right away. And if Kendrick Green isn't the starter in Week One, heck, I could definitely see him uh, take over the starting duties at the latest after the bye week, which is in Week Seven. I think we're going to see Kendrick Green start at least the majority of the games if everyone is healthy. Uh, really. If he's not starting all 17, he's probably starting at least 10 of them. That's just that's just the way I kind of foresee all this going down. So there's going to be a ton of pressure falling on his shoulders. Aside from that, looking at Matt Cannon's offense and really kind of what we saw in the early part of the 2020 season when that influence was still there before it was scrapped and they went full Feekner, which is a, maybe a term that we should coin here, going full Feekner when the offense just becomes completely bland. But when Matt Canada still had his kind of his say in the offensive philosophy, we saw the Steelers bouncing around a ton. And Ben Roethlisberger, he looked like he was buying into said system. They're running play action a little bit more. The running game... Believe it or not, it's probably hard to remember, Betty Snell went over 100 yards in week one against the New York Giants. He was one of the top five rushers at the end of the first week of the regular season. And then James Conner backed that up with a 100-yard game of his own. Really, the running game is going to be much more significantly better with this system, with the less predictability. That is going to be huge. But when you factor in all this kind of movement, the players that the Steelers now have in place, and the offensive line coach that they have in Adrian Clem, I think we're going to see a brand new style of football being played on the Steelers' offensive line. A style that is a lot more aggressive, that takes it to the defense, and is a whole lot more about displacement rather than just trying to open holes, let the holes open organically. 
which I'm sure a little bit more pressure falls on the running back. But now that we have uh, someone with extremely high football IQ and great vision in Najee Harris, it's going to be a whole lot easier. And I think one of the reasons why the Steelers had such a passive offensive line system back when James Conner, Benny Snell, whoever was the running back in between the Le'Veon Bell and now Najee Harris era, the Steelers kind of had to tweak their, their rushing attack at by way of blocking because the running backs just didn't quite have the vision that of course Le'Veon Bell did his all world vision uh, and now Najee Harris we saw a lot in college he finds the open gap and attacks it which allows the offensive line to be more aggressive which really in my opinion having played in both types of systems I will tell you being aggressive is the best way to go about it 10 times out of 10 there's just no there's no replacing being aggressive and just trying to insert your will on the defensive line. That is something that the Pittsburgh Steelers should find a whole lot more success in in this upcoming season because their system it just allows them to play football the way it was meant to be played. You're going to see defensive linemen get on the roller skates, get pushed down the field. I, I think gone are the days where you get six chances to pick up a yard on the goal line. I think the Steelers system now allows them really to put the def- defensive line on their heels all game long and win those scenarios more often than they lose them, which was one of the biggest flaws for this team in previous years. They couldn't pick up those singular yards when they needed them when it mattered the system is going to change that the second half of the show we're going to continue to look at the offensive line but uh, a couple other things that uh, i think are important to watch as we get into minicamp so stay tuned we're going to jump in a quick break and be back for the second half of the live mic in just a moment of the Live Mike Podcast once again. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. The second half of the show, I'm going to continue on with a little bit more offensive line talk and some experiences that I had uh, transitioning from different offensive coordinators when I was playing in the NCAA and what that was kind of like and what it might, what kind of challenges might the veterans on the Steelers offensive line be facing uh, with these new systems. Uh, Outside of that, just a couple other uh, 
loose threads that I, I'm kind of interested to see how they play out uh, in mini camp before we get into uh, training camp, of course, a couple months away from now. But kicking things off the second half of the show, uh, I, I wanted to, to just share some experiences, what, what it was like for me shifting to different offenses back in my playing day as an offense lineman. One of the biggest things that I, I will say uh, I definitely notice going from one offense coordinator to another one is immediately the terminology is different. Now, some of, some of the philosophies, the core philosophies were still the same, but trying to forget those terminologies, those keywords, what have you, is, is definitely kind of an underrated aspect of this game as being a pretty big challenge for these players, especially because you got to keep in mind, Randy Feekner has been running this offense since, what, 2017 now, since he took over the reins uh, after uh, Todd Haley's contract expired. So really, these guys have been in the system for a long time. They've been using these words for the better part of four seasons. That is not easy for anyone to do to just act like that never happened. Uh, of course, having Matt Canada in the system for a year already, he can kind of try to adapt his offense to try to keep things similar. I remember in my time shifting uh, some offensive line calls, going from a, a line slide that used to be called a, a Rio, uh, meaning that the three guys on the end, tackle, right guard, center, would be in a complete zone slide to the right uh, having the specific players on our side of the field that was our responsibility with the two guys on the backside manned up on the defensive tackle and defensive end that terminology the offensive line coach wanted to change that but cooler heads were able to prevail in a way because it was the exact same technique we're, we'd been using that we were able to just say, hey, this is what we used before. Uh, it'd be easier for all of us to keep this the same. And it's the NFL. These guys aren't... It, the coach-player dynamic is not the same. It's more of a peer dynamic now. It's not like the screaming, yelling. It, it's, it's not what it was back in the 70s, and it's not what it was if you played high school football. It, it really is kind of a give and take relationship even even in college to some degree uh, with the more veteran players they kind of get on an equal playing uh, field with those coaches but here the Pittsburgh Steelers having Matt Canada in-house I think is going to do a lot of favors for this team especially Adrian Clem was in that building uh, for a number of years now as the assistant offense line coach I think we're going to see the combination of all these players or all these coaches returning making it a little bit easier terminology wise for the players on the field the thing that's outside of the offensive line which i think is going to be an easier transition than the other positions i think receivers specifically it's going to be like day and night randy feekner system by all means just from watching it it seemed like there wasn't a lot of option routes. It, it, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of complex things, if, if we're being honest here. And there wasn't a lot of routes that each receiver was asked to run. It seemed like each guy had like a specific number of routes, and those were the four routes you're going to run. Those are the five routes you're going to run. Those are the three routes you're going to run. And that's basically the way the Steelers played football. And really, when you watched it, 
that's kind of how it came across. In Matt Canna's system, all these guys are going to have to be able to run the route tree. Of course, they're not going to put them in bad positions and force them to run stuff they're not good at. They're going to put these players in better positions to be successful. But... At the end of the day, they're going to be tasked with doing more. These shifting uh, formations, that's not going to be easy. Uh, Once again, I remember the receivers uh, basically spending all of training camp working on uh, bouncing between these formations, uh, knowing the code words, and knowing when to shift. Timing is everything when it comes to shifting your formation and the added motions that we're going to see. Timing is huge. That's what this offense is going to have to hammer all offseason long is just getting this timing perfect. If it's off a half second, everything just will go to hell for a lack of a better term. It it, it just, it, it has to be perfect. And when it is beat for beat, it is seamless. This offense will get in a extreme grooves where it feels like at times it can't be stopped. When that timing, and of course you hear it a lot in the NFL, but the system they're going to run, timing will be the difference in winning games and on 80-yard drives and really going three and out. If guys can't figure it out, I, I think you're going to see this offense kind of uh, shuffle through players faster than we ever did when uh, Randy Feekner was the guy uh, calling the plays. Now, I think if you see Deontay Johnson getting a rut where he's dropping passes, I think you're going to much more quickly see him end up on the bench for a couple series or heck, even a couple games because uh, that just the offense can't afford misplays like that and Deontay Dante Johnson certainly struggled a lot a year ago running that type of stuff. Now, a full year uh, with Matt Canada, his presence in the building. I, I think the Steelers really did this the right way when it came to transitioning this offense by having the guy here already that you knew was going to take over. I, I think if we look back a year ago at the time of the signing, everyone kind of said, like, this guy's probably going to be the offense coordinator this year. Lo and behold, he is. Um, and really, the Steelers kind of got lucky where they're able to put themselves in, in a scenario where they could do that. Now they just got to make sure that all these things come together and start clicking. Uh, mini camp and really training camp, I don't imagine we're going to see much contact between either side, not just because the rules are different and uh, these players take less and less hits at training camp, but because the knowledge side of things is going to be a huge curve and really figuring out the scheme is going to trump all else. Uh, I could even see the Steelers perhaps struggle a little bit early in the season with some of the more fundamental things because they're just focused on learning the offense. But once everything ties together, I think it'll be really easy for them to take that next step, uh, develop as an offense, and start kind of being uh, the focal point of this team once again. Sure, do you want to hear that this team could struggle out of the gate? No, of course you don't. But that's just kind of the way it is when you're when you're asking a veteran a veteran unit. Uh, sure, they're they're young across the board outside of Ben Roethlisberger, but they've been together for a while. So once again, a veteran unit asking them to learn a new offense that is completely different than what they've run since. Todd Haley, even before that, even Todd Haley's offense was kind of vanilla. It, it, it was more than Randy Feekner's, but uh, they ran plays to specific guys that worked. But again, uh, 
I don't think Ben Roethlisberger's ever ran anything this complex. Uh, Chase Claypool, as a matter of fact, was in a, a fairly simple college Notre Dame system. I think the guy best suited for this offense right now is going to be Najee Harris, who ran just kind of similar stuff in Alabama. And you hear it by the way he's talking that it's all clicking. So that could be that could be the the player to watch early in the season as someone that could be clicking right away, but uh, learning the system. I know they're pros, but still, that is going to be the biggest challenge. And once again, midway through the season, perhaps after the bye week, you're going to see an uptick in this offense. Uh, perhaps the offense even hitting another gear in complexity. Uh, that's just the way it is, especially with something so hard that. Uh, to learn like we've heard about Matt Canada's system uh, once again as we you know, as this team works with Matt Canada I should say uh, this offense is only going to get better uh, year one could there be early struggles yes will it get better yes year two I, I think that's really when you're going to see this offense really become what it's supposed to be and like we've talked about a lot this offseason, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is necessarily the perfect guy for the scheme. Sure, Matt Canada did make it work with one Nathan Peterman when he was a Pitt Panther uh, and had a lot of success. He caters to his players, but I think there are there are guys out there that uh, really kind of work better for the scheme that Matt Canada has been the most successful with. Uh, could this offense hit another gear post Ben Roethlisberger? I, I think there's definitely a possibility for that, especially if they find someone that's, that's mobile. If they have a big-armed mobile guy, mobile guy, then yeah, absolutely. I think this offense could hit a, a sixth gear that we didn't even know it had. Uh, they'll be successful with the Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. That's exactly the kind of person you want running your offense in a Ben Roethlisberger, but still in a scheme like this one, uh, I, I, I think we might see it, it, it take it, its ultimate step with someone else at the helm. Uh, that's not to say this offense isn't going to be very good because I, I think this is still a, a high potential offense uh, th- that could surprise some teams. Just down the road, it could be even better. With all that said, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Live Mic. Of course, if you're listening on Tuesday, the day that it drops, uh, you'll be able to catch the Scobro Show, uh, the reuniting of Dave and Rich Schofield. Of course, I hopped on with them last week. Uh, so it'll be the true bros tonight, Tuesday night, uh, hanging out with you guys on YouTube and Facebook before it comes to the podcast platform on Wednesday. Uh, of course, check out uh, Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride podcast. Uh, from Monday, of course, another one will be out on Wednesday for y'all. Uh, tons of great audio coming out uh, your way, so make sure you're checking all those, all that great stuff from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And for your latest on minicamp, uh, we have these uh, trackers running. We had them running. Uh, uh, for uh, practices already this year. We're going to have them again going for mini camp. so make sure you're checking all that information out, all the breaking news. You'll find it over at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so make sure you click over there as well. With all that being said, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's show. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, and you have been listening to Live Mike. Anatomy of an ad. 
subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.